you are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Father, we give you thanks for the day and for your word. <clears throat> Grant us listening here ears, we pray, that we should know what you would say to us and put it first in our faith, that we may be known as your people on earth. Salt and light, living to your praise and glory. Amen. When I was first a Christian, uh, ooh, 30 years ago, um, and more, a little bit, uh, every week the sermon was new. It was always new. I, could, I can remember so many of those first sermons. They were so transformative. Then after a while... Uh, I began to hear some of the same messages uh, that I'd heard. Oh, I know that, I used to say to myself. I know that. That's good. I've made a bit of progress. And I enjoyed it. Rather, hearing a same message uh, and not every week being new. It meant that I had kind of lifted off a little bit, I thought, to myself. So, on this day, when Pat has been struck down and stricken from us, uh, she was going to preach on one of our difficult passages concerning women, Hagar. And I thought to myself, well, she can't do it. Shall I do it? And then I thought, well, she's done most of her work on that. Now I'll let her do that at another time. I will bring uh, an old message. Not that it's an old message, uh, you know, been done before. It's that it's a message that you know. Okay? So you might come away from here saying... I know that, and that's okay. Anita will tell you that I was up at six o'clock shaping and putting this uh, together this morning. So it is kind of new on the paper, but old in the fact that I reckon you know this. But that's good, because it means you've moved on from where we started. So in these verses in Matthew, he's gone up the mountainside, He's taught the disciples who were with him there, and then he's preached 
one of these greatest, or is going to preach one of the greatest sermons ever, perhaps the greatest sermon ever, fixing it in the minds of the people who were listening to them. And he spoke of down-to-earth things that they could understand, but he gave them such meaning. And in verses 13 and 14, as we know, he said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. You see, the people, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, he said. People knew the value of salt. It was a valuable commodity. So the Romans paid for their slaves in the slave market with salt. And uh, there was a phrase, this is where the phrase comes from, is the man worth his salt. Um, And uh, the Latin word for salt is sal, Uh, And that's where we get the word salary from. There we are. So people were paid in salt. And it had great value in Jesus' day, and the people knew it. They knew also the value of light. Uh, When the sun went down, light was a valuable thing. And there wasn't much of it about. It would cost you money to make light. So when Jesus spoke to the Palestinian crowd, he tells them that they are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He's telling them that they are valuable, profoundly valuable to God. A message we need to know for ourselves. How valuable we are to God. You are the salt of of the earth, the stuff people were paid in. The other thing Jesus said was that we are useful. It's also something else uh, that we ought to hear well. We are useful in God's sight. You're not only valuable to God, you are useful to him. Uh, The Romans had a saying Uh, Nil sol et sal utilis. Nothing more useful than salt and light. And there was, uh, that was a common saying, and the Jewish people would have heard that said uh, all the time. Nothing more useful than salt and light. And we become useful when we begin to understand. Yes, we become useful then. When we understand, as followers of Jesus, that we are distinctive, we're different, that that we're unique in the world. There are no other human beings in the world like us. A Christian is a different kind of human being from everyone else. And our usefulness is in that distinctiveness. We should understand what it means. In verse 13... There is the earth, and then there is you, the salt. You see, the usefulness of the salt uh, has always been recognized as something you season uh, and make the food palatable. Job uh, 6.6 says, can tasteless food be eaten without salt? More importantly than that, the centuries before refrigeration, salt was used as the preservative. We know that too. 
uh, used to keep meat wholesome and prevent the decay. The meat was cut and trimmed and rubbed well with salt and if properly cured would keep indefinitely because salt has this also this antiseptic quality as well. So Ezekiel 16 speaks of the faithfulness of God's people and he gives us a glimpse of ancient midwifery in the use of salt. On the day you were born, your, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed to make you clean. You were rubbed with salt and wrapped in loincloths. That's what they did with their babies, rubbing them in salt as an antiseptic, as a preventative medicine. And similarly, as before antibiotics, it was rubbed into the wounds when the person was injured. We know the phrase, well, it was done for good and not for bad, as the phrase seems to have been uh, twisted these days. It's healing properties and abilities, life-restoring properties. So, the distinction is that the world is something putrefying and decaying, something that can't stop itself from uh, being corrupted, going bad, but the Christians are the salt of the earth, preserving it, and they prevent it going bad. They restore it to life. So again, there is the distinction between the world and you, who is the light of the world. The world is evidently a dark place, no light of its own. An outside source of light is, uh, is needed to shine in it. So we are so surrounded with sources of light in these days that we hardly notice, do we? We go out and there's the car lights and the street lights and everything's alight in the middle of the night. But if you go to Northumberland, where I've been, uh, it is designated the country's Dark Sky National Park. And they turn all the lights off there at night time and you drive around in the black. And uh, it's amazing. The International Dark Sky uh, um, dark, International Dark Sky Association something to sign up for. They've given it the dark sky status in Northumberland. How's that? But when Jesus walked the earth Everywhere had dark sky status. The blackness of night was, as a, it was oppressive and heavy. If you were out in the fields at night, the light on the city shone out for miles. And you would be very conscious of this distinction between light and darkness. And the distinction Jesus is making is, is the sense of being complete. When he says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, the sense is you, only you, there is no other salt, there is no other light. So it's important to know how distinctive we are. It's important that we should know how unique we are in the world that we should understand our life-giving, light-giving worth of who we are in Jesus Christ. Our usefulness is unique. Only we can fulfill God's purposes. We, God's church, 
are his agents in the world. So then we need to understand. Secondly, then we need to accept that we are distinctive. It's us, only us, who are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Then our usefulness is through the acceptance of that uh, process. We must accept what we are. Verse 13 says, Jesus uh, says that uh, you are the salt of the earth, and then comes the warning. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's only uh, good for being thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, salt is a very stable compound. That's why it's so good as a preservative. Salt in and of itself does not lose its saltiness. But it does if it's mixed with other impurities. And the warning of Jesus is not to lose our usefulness, our saltiness, because we've mixed it up with the values of the world. Not to be so distracted and influenced by the things of the world that we have ceased to be distinctive. Oh, no, gone too far. One back. Oh, it's not there. Okay. Imagine some children playing on a football pitch. Because Sunday morning football is one of those places where we lose our sense of distinctiveness. Choose between church or something else you really want to do. Actually, I was at the theatre yesterday afternoon uh, at uh, the Prince of Egypt, you know, the great story of uh, a wonderful, wonderful show. But in the programme notes, it said, uh, we've tried to be faithful to the story, but pepped it up a bit so it's more interesting than if you were at a Bible study. <laughs> I thought, shall I take issue with it? I just enjoyed the show instead. But it's there. God's okay if there's nothing better that comes along. Choose between church or something else you want to do, really. I used to be captain of the cricket club. I had two members of the team who would not play on the Sunday match because they were in the Salvation Army, and I did not understand it then. But I do now. And what I understand is worship no other God than me. Or perhaps... Life changes and chances mean that we fall away. I knew someone who moved uh, just 60 yards down the street to another house. And then they took a few weeks off to do some decorating and sort things out. And they never came back. They discovered that their house was more important than their God. Don't make for yourself false idols or maybe we think uh, that we are so sure of our view our view is right that God must think the same as us so here we've got the Guardian with its headline it's time for Christians to speak out against Boris and then there's the Daily Telegraph oh no gone too far likening Boris 
to the saviour of God's people proclaiming, let my people go. We must be careful not to hijack our faith for our own agenda. Don't take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. And then, next, is the opportunity for a day's work on a Sunday. A time to make some money rather than give worship to the one who gives us our value. It's today's culture. It has to be productive. But God says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So there's a warning, you see. When we fall into these kind of things, the values of the world, we're being trampled on, underfoot, trodden by the ways of the world. We've mixed the salt of our faith with the culture of the world to the point where we lose saltiness. And if we lose saltiness, then we're no good for anything but to be thrown out. Our usefulness is in accepting our distinctiveness, being true to ourselves, having our different values. And we need to hold to those values to live by. And if we're going to live by them then, thirdly, we have to apply our distinctiveness. In verse 14, Jesus says that a Christian faith is not a private thing. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And he says, apply it in life in the next verse, verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. They put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before all that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Thomas Cramer uses that line right in front of the offertory. We say those words and then they take up the offertory as if our offertory is part of the good works that people are meant to see. Not so private, it would appear. Good deeds are a general expression that covers everything in life. Everything a Christian says and does. So here's some examples from your own church. There's the work of the food bank that we contribute to, housed and run by people from the churches, taking the, the people in need so that they might have some food for themselves and their families. There are a number of people in our, at least our three churches who are involved in that. Then there's the social outreach and welcome for people in so many ways. The coffee pot and the cafe club are run by St Mary's. We have our Orchards Cafe. We have... The Cameo, Creative Hands, not oh, gone too far, and the Vintage Films, creating places where people can find somewhere to belong, providing social and emotional support. Some of the people, some people, just spend time in our cafe to be someone to talk to. Could you do that? Next, we care for our children the children of our community in their growth and development. All three of our churches in this team run mothers and toddlers or a preschool, play school, providing places where they can learn and develop 
get on with each other, learn the skills of life, and we can help and support the people who care for them as well. Next, our work in schools across Chelmsford. Made for more is what used to be known as <clears throat> SYM, Schools Youth Ministry. They've changed their name. Uh, and uh, employees from our, our churches work there and others volunteer in that organisation, going into the secondary schools of our city to support the young people in their faith day after day, running lessons and running uh, assemblies and so on. And we've learned, haven't we, since, uh, since Rob Sags came to us, that CHESS is not Chelmsford's Homeless Emergency, emergency Social Scheme, supply, Support Scheme, it's the Church's Homeless Emergency Support Scheme. It's the churches who conceived it, set it up, and are doing it. And we also feed uh, the poorer families with free meals once a week here in our church as well. Drawing close to the people who are in the most need, providing for them. See, we, God's church, are like a city on a hill. We cannot be hidden. The light of Christ shines out from us in the dark world. And it will continue to do so as long as we continue to apply our distinctive values and faith. You are the salt of the earth. That's what you are, brothers and sisters. How valuable you are to God. How useful you are to God. It is for us to understand that. It's for us to accept it as a distinctive call and for us to apply it as God's people in the, worth, in the world that we might bring preservative healing and light in the darkness of this world. Amen.